Nigeria lifts key interest rate above forecasts, while Zimbabwe keeps key interest rates steady. In Uganda, the NSSF counts the opportunity cost of midterm benefits. This and more in this episode. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial. And you can find me at with a dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC. INM Bank Rwanda, we are on your side. The National Social Security Fund in Uganda is to pay out 9.65% to each of its savers for the year ended June of 2022. This is the first time in 15 years that the rate announced is below. 10%, mainly due to the implementation of the Midterm Access to Funds project that was introduced earlier this year. Following the passing of the Midterm Access, NSF decided to invest more in short-term assets and less in longer-term assets. The Managing Director of the Fund, Richard Piarugawa, explains the opportunity costs the Midterm Access had on the fund and the trickle-down effects on the interest declared. Ordinarily, we as a fund have been investing at the short end of the curve, in other words, in short-term investments. As I mentioned during my main presentation, we had to increase the amount of investments in short-term investments by almost 85% increment from 166 billion in the previous year to 1.7 trillion shillings. So that you already know. How much money did that cost, this strategy cost us? This is how much money it cost us. So. We invested, as you can see, 1.5 trillion in fixed deposit and treasury bills. We would have earned 105 billion shillings if we had been investing in the long-term assets. But unfortunately, we had to invest in the short term to prepare for that. So what we earned was only 12.3. So the opportunity cost or the money lost by not investing in the long term is 92 billion shillings. You've all heard that during the year, between between March and the end of uh, the financial year, we paid out almost 400 billion shillings, 440 billion shillings in mid-term. If that money had not been paid out, it would have been invested in long-term benefits, sorry, in long-term assets. So we'd have earned 4.5 billion shillings. So we didn't invest that money. That money went out. So we lost 4.5. If you add those two numbers together, the money we actually lost as an opportunity, those who do economics, know that we lost or we were not able to earn at least 97 billion shillings. So let's put that on the bigger scale. So our member fund, as at the end of this financial year, is 14, sorry, at the the beginning of the financial year is 14. 0.177. That's where we pay the interest. We made revenue of 1.776 billion shillings, which, sorry, trillion shillings, 1.7 trillion shillings, which would have been, which is a return, a gross return of 12.5%. We had to pay tax to URA of 180. So that means 1.27% was paid to the URA. We had to spend money on looking after the fund in terms of administrative costs. We spent about 203 billion shillings. That is equivalent to 1.4%. So that is knocked off the 12.5. We had to make small provisions uh, for the prior year. 
uh, of 0.6 negligible. Most importantly, we had to put some money in surplus. It is our tradition not to leave the surplus empty. So we had to put there a small amount of about 15 billion shillings. So that notwithstanding, you can see how much interest we declared. So we declared 9.65%. Now, there's something I noticed that is not there. If we had money from midterm access and we had not invested it, uh, and we had invested it, sorry, in long-term benefits, would have earned an extra 0.69%. Please report that. We would have earned an extra 0.96%. If the market had not crashed, I know the word crashed is a bit of an exaggeration. If the market had not lost its value in Kenya, and we had not lost any money on the stock exchange in uh, fair value valuations, that would have been another 1.5%. So if you put those two, 0.69% and 1.75%, today we would have declared 12.09%. And that would have been comparable to what we declared last year. So for the analysts, midterm cost us almost 0.69%. The market cost us 1.75%. And therefore we ended up declaring 9.65%. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. The Central Bank of Nigeria raised its monetary policy rate by 150 basis points to 15.5% at its September meeting. Following a 100 basis points hike in July above market expectations, of 14.5%. Their decision reflected heightened concerns over the impact of sustained inflationary pressures on the country's fragile economy. Nigeria's earning inflation rate climbed for the seventh straight month to a 17-year high of 20.5% in August amid soaring food prices, higher diesel costs, and continued currency weakness due to chronic dollar shortage. Meanwhile, the economy of Nigeria advanced by a stronger-than-expected 3.54% from a year ago in the second quarter of 2022, up from 3.1% rise in the prior period, solely driven by the non-oil sector. The Central Bank of Zimbabwe decided to hold its key policy rate at a record high of 200% during a meeting held in September to ensure the current disinflation trend is sustained in both the short and long term. That is, until monthly inflation attains desired levels of less than five. shown the positive impact of recent policy measures, which have resulted in the significant fall of month-on-month inflation to 3.5% in September from 12.4% in August, while the uninflation eased to 200 and 80.4% in September from 285.1% in August. The committee had projected annual inflation to start tapering in September 2022, having earlier reached its plateau in August of 2022. The National Bank of Morocco raised its benchmark interest rate by 50 basis points to 2% at its September 2022 meeting. It's the first rate hike since 2008, citing the need to ensure price stability and soaring inflation. Morocco's inflation rate remains high, reaching a new peak at the end of August with an increase of 8% compared to last year. Inflation is expected to surge to 6.3% in 2022 from 1.4% in 2021 on the back of higher foodstuff and fuel prices in the international market before easing to 2.4% in 2023. 
Meanwhile, economic growth is seen slowing down sharply to 0.8% this year from 7.9% in 2021 after the worst drought in decades hit the key agriculture sector. And a quick review of the markets. Bitcoin topped 20,000 US dollars for the first time in more than a week as investors took advantage of lower valuations to open new positions, while a weaker dollar lent further optimism to bulls. The world's largest cryptocurrency has been stuck in a tight range, trading between 18,000 US dollars and 25,000 US dollars since mid June after a massive sell off that wiped off almost $2 trillion in the whole crypto market since its peak in November. Other cryptocurrencies, including Solana, Cardano, and Ethereum, were up between 2 and 4%. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the Key Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com, and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the Key Financial, and you can find me at Withadong. Hold up. 